right, I want to welcome you all to Grace Church this morning. It's great to have you. My name is Justin Ross, lead pastor here at Grace, and um, we are continuing our series through the Gospel of John, and this morning we're going to be in John chapter 14. We're going to be looking at verses 11 through 14, and uh, before I dive into the sermon this morning, we want to give a huge welcome to Aaron and Louisa Finley, who are here with us this morning. If we can give them a round of applause, that would be awesome. And... Uh, <clears throat> They have had a, uh, um, a weekend with us here, um, candidating for the uh, student pastor role here at Grace Church, and we've had a great time getting to know them, and uh, man, just thanks for your courage coming out here, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed Durango. We're going to have some time in the cafe after this first service where you can get a chance to meet them and interact with them a little bit. Um, we got a bunch of donuts over there, and so uh, I'm going to try to resist um, but I know some of you will enjoy donuts, and it won't go right to your love handles. You know what I mean? That's where it goes for me. Um, but uh, we want to welcome you to the cafe right after that and, uh, and, and just get to know the Finleys a little bit. This morning, we're going to be in, in uh, verses 11 through 14, John chapter 14. I really want to talk about why, specifically, why we're diving into these verses today. I've been doing an overview of the Gospel of John. And the Holy Spirit really led me to these verses for this Sunday. And so um, I think God wants to speak to you this morning. Um, He really drew me to these verses, and um, God has drawn my heart to the verses that we're going to cover. And I think the message is going to be maybe a little bit different than what you're used to hearing from me. I want to let you know, when I speak, I am usually more of a practical teacher. My heart is, I want to speak to people's Mondays, not just their Sundays. And I'm going to preach in a way that hopefully you can grab a hold of it and you can use it in your life tomorrow. Um, I'm not interested in just talking about theology and, and uh, you know, talking about all this religious stuff and it doesn't make any difference. That kind of disgusts me, to be honest with you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste time on that. I want to talk in a way that you can grab a hold of it and you can use it in your life. I'm also going to do my best to preach in a way that someone who has walked into our church for the very first time will understand what's being talked about. I want to connect with people who are uh, unchurched. I want to I communicate to people who are far from Jesus. That is the vision of our church. Imperfect people leveraging everything for those who are far from Jesus. And so if you've ever wondered, like, man, what is, what is Justin's bent? You know, what does he lean towards when he communicates? I want to be very upfront with you and clear. I'm going to lean in the direction of people who are far from Jesus, and I'm going to lean in the direction of the next generation. All right? So when I communicate, um, I'm really not thinking about the religious dude or the religious gal. I'm not really trying to communicate to them because they're self-feeders. They're able to kind of feed themselves. Um, And so I'm not leaning in that direction. I'm leaning in the direction of those who are far from Jesus. And my goal is to speak to their hearts, to speak to their minds. And I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit of God is going to speak to them as well and going to connect with them. And um, our plan here at Grace Church is that people will get into small groups. They'll get connected into small groups. And then from there, they'll get even um, in tighter relationships, what we call discipling relationships. And that's where we want people to really, really go deep in God's word, and deep relationally. I want to speak this morning in this passage, and I said all that because today we're going to have to do a bit of a deep dive. And once again, um, 
Man, the Holy Spirit drew me to these verses. And this passage that we're going to read this morning, it's perplexing. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of ideas about what these verses are saying. And so I'm going to communicate my best understanding. Um, I'm not the final authority on these verses, but I'm going to communicate to you the best understanding that I have on the verses that we're going to look at. And what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to give you a base understanding or a base meaning of what these verses are talking about. What I'm trying to say is it at least means this, okay? If it means more than what I'm communicating, the Holy Spirit is going to have to show us. The Holy Spirit's going to have to show you. But I'm going to give us a base understanding. But I think there's enough here in these few verses to occupy us for a lifetime. The scripture is John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. John 12, or 14, rather. John 14, 12 through 14. says, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. These words of Jesus, they have a direct impact on your life personally. These words from Jesus, they have a direct impact on our church. These are some powerful, exciting verses right here that we just read. They say that all of us who believe in Jesus will carry on his work, and in some wonderful way, we will do something greater than the works of Jesus himself. That is crazy. That's mind-blowing. And as a means to that end, we will have access to Jesus in prayer so that everything we need, we can ask for it and we can receive it. That's incredible. That is great news. That's some powerful scripture right there. I want to break down these verses into three parts. Three points this morning. So I want to encourage you to write this down. Um, I think you're going to walk away this morning with, uh, some of you are going to be challenged Some of you are probably going to disagree. Some of you are going to want to go, hey, I want to go study this out for myself. And all three of those options are just fine, okay? Um, I don't expect you to agree with me on everything. But I want you to write this down so you can study it out for yourself and and, um, gain some understanding as well. But three points this morning. First of all, number one, every follower of Jesus does his works. Every follower of Jesus does the works of Jesus. Number two, we will all do something greater than the works of Jesus. And number three, we will have access to Jesus so that everything we need, we can ask for and receive it. So let's start with number one this morning. We're going to work through these three points together. Number one, every follower of Jesus does the works of Jesus. Every follower of Jesus does his works. Let's look at it. Again, John 14, verse 12, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. So this is a promise to all believers. Okay? This is astonishing. This, 
There's no exclusion here. If you are a Christian, you will do the works of Jesus Christ, period. There's no exception. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for long-term Christians. It's, it's not just for professional Christians. It's not just for missionaries or elders or people who are highly gifted or people who are uh, really spiritual. This is for every believer. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. The text says anyone. It's believers, pure and simple. Believers will do the works that I do. I want you to know we've seen this same phrase throughout the Gospel of John. Let me remind you of a couple of them. In John chapter 6 and verse 35, it says, anyone who believes will never thirst. In John chapter 7 and verse 38, it says, anyone who believes rivers of living water will flow from his heart. John chapter 11, verse 25, it says, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. John 13, verse 46 says, anyone who believes in me will no longer remain in the dark. In other words, this is normal Christianity. This is is what it means to be a Christian. This is expected. This This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So when it says anyone who believes in Jesus will do this or do that, It's describing the normal, expected Christian life. That's what Jesus was saying. All believers will do the works that I have done. And he hasn't yet promised that we will do greater works than him. He's just saying, you will do the works that I have done. Uh, John 14, 12, the first part, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. Now, we, we create some problems for ourselves if we're reading that verse and our mind immediately goes to Jesus' most amazing miracles. We kind of create some problems for ourselves. At this point in the Gospel of John, just in this Gospel, this is what Jesus has done. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus has turned water into wine in John chapter 2. In John chapter 4, he read the mind of the woman from Samaria. In John chapter 4, he healed the official son. He healed a man that was crippled for 38 years in John chapter 5. He fed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He walked on water in John chapter 6. He healed a man that was born blind in John chapter 9. And in John chapter 11... Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He was dead for over four days. He was starting to stink. And Jesus raised him from the dead. So when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, it poses a question. Was he saying that every Christian will do all of these miraculous things? Is that, what, is that what Jesus was saying? You will do these miraculous things that I have done. Is that what he's saying? Is he saying that it's normal for Christians to do these things? And if you don't do these things, you don't believe. 
Is that what Christ is saying here? I'm going to suggest that that's not likely what Jesus was saying when you compare with other scriptures. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, he, he says this in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 29, uh, I'm sorry, verses 7 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to, dis- to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And then let's skip down to, to verses 29 and 30 in 1 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul asks some questions. He says, Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And what the Apostle Paul is saying is, no, not not everyone is going to do these things. And so if, if Jesus... If Jesus is saying that all believers will do miracles like he did, what does he mean? What does he mean? Like when he says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. I, I, want, us to, I want us to go back a little bit to John chapter 14 and verse 11. Look closely at the connections of verse 11. John 14 and verse 11 says, Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So Jesus' works, when he did works, he did works to help people believe in him. That was his goal. Believe because of the work you have seen me do. What Jesus was saying, if he was like, if you're having a hard time with my words, if you're having a hard time believing me, because of what I'm saying, then believe in the works that I do. Like, forget the words I'm saying. Watch me. Watch what I'm doing. Believe in me because of the works that I do. Let my actions join with my words and lead you to faith. That's what verse 11 is saying. And then verse 12 follows. He says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. So let's put verses 11 and verse 12 together. Verse 11 says, My works will lead people to faith. Verse 12, When you believe in me, you will do the same works that I do, and it will lead people to faith. So I I believe the connections between verses 11 and 12 goes like this. This is what he's communicating. Jesus is saying, Let my works lead you to faith. Because anyone who believes in me will also do the works that lead people to faith. Are you tracking with me? All right, makes sense? Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. And those works, the goal of the works, the win, is to lead people to faith in Jesus, period. If you are a believer in Jesus, that's what your life is all about. 
Your life is a display of the trustworthiness of Jesus Christ. That's what your life, that's the story your life should be telling. So I can say with confidence that in the first part of John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus is saying that all believers will be marked by this. They will be so united to Jesus that they will carry on his work by his power and they will do the kinds of things that point to Jesus. In John 13, 35, Jesus said, people will know that you are my disciples by your agape love for one another. In Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Christians are defined by what we do. Our actions speak so much louder than our words. And Jesus is saying, hey, do the same works that I have done to point people to faith in me. Our works should flow from our faith in Jesus and point to the glory of Jesus. So, I can conclude that however many Christians God may give the gifts of miracles or the gifts of healing or the gift of tongues or the gift of prophecy, all of them, okay, no exclusion, all of them, that's what the text is saying. Anyone who believes in me, all of them, it doesn't matter what your giftings are, all of them will do the works of, of Jesus. Every Christian does these works. Every Christian lives this kind of a life. We are the light of the world. That's what Jesus is saying. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. The works that Jesus did. The mark of a follower of Jesus is a life of words and actions that point people to Jesus. It's expected. So here's the challenging part. If your life is not marked by that, not marked by words or actions that are pointing people to Jesus, do you believe in Jesus? Are you following Jesus? That's the challenging question. It's really quiet in here. Everybody okay? All right? We're kind of doing a deep dive. I don't want to lose people. I don't want to be like the only one awake and talking. That would be weird. So let's talk about the second part. We will all do something greater than the works of Jesus. This is perplexing, okay? This is a perplexing verse. The second part of this text is that in some wonderful way, we will all do something greater than the works of Jesus which is hard for me. I love when Brian said, you know, the scripture said that you can test God. And Brian said, man, I kind of had a hard time even wanting to test God. I wanted to learn how to trust God. You know, I loved that. That's where my mind went with this. It's like, greater works than Jesus? Like, oh man, I don't even, I just feel humble to even say that. That that doesn't make sense in my brain. Let's go to the Scripture. This is what the Scripture says. John 14, 12 says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works 
because I'm going to be with the Father. Again, Jesus is speaking to every believer, not just the apostles, not just pastors or elders, or he's not just speaking to this denomination or that denomination. Anyone who believes in me will do even greater works. This is the mark of being a Christian. This is what it means to be a Christian. But catch this, okay? Travel with me here. If you think that greater works means or equals more miraculous or more spectacular, you're going to have a really hard time doing something greater than walking on water. You're going to have a really hard time doing something more miraculous than feeding 5,000 people with two loaves of bread and some fish. You're going to have a really hard time doing something more grandiose. I don't know of any Christian, personally, I don't know of any Christian who has ever lived inside or outside of the New Testament who has ever done those two things walked on water, or fed over 5,000 people with just a little bit of food. Let alone something more miraculous, more spectacular. Remember, we just read from Paul that not all Christians are going to work miracles. Not all Christians possess the gift of healing. Not all Christians speak in tongues. So when Jesus said even greater works, I don't think that he meant every Christian was expected to do those things or to do the things that were more miraculous or more spectacular than Jesus. Because once again, no apostle, no missionary, no pastor, no Christian has ever done things more miraculous than Jesus Christ. So... so, The question is, is what did Jesus mean? Like, what's he saying then? And there are many suggestions, as you could imagine, okay? There's a lot of opinions here. And once again, I don't claim to have the final or decisive word here. But I'm just trying to give you my best understanding. Here's what I see. Verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because... I'm going to be with the Father. Jesus is saying that His disciples will will not only continue to do His work, but they will do greater works because He goes to the Father. That's That's a really important statement. And on the way to the Father, He goes to the cross. He lays down His life. He raises from the dead, and He ascends to God, and then He sends the Holy Spirit so the disciples can do the works that they have been called to do. My suggestion is this. What's new and what's greater is that never before in the history of the world had anyone ever been forgiven by faith in the already crucified already risen, already reigning, already indwelling Jesus Christ. This was new. This was was something that had never been done. And up until this point, when Jesus was saying these words, 
Salvation was through anticipation of a coming Messiah. They were expecting a coming Redeemer. But now, now that Jesus, because Jesus has gone to the Father, now that He had been crucified and buried and raised and exalted, and now that He had sent the person of the Holy Spirit, the purchase of forgiveness was finished. It was done. It was complete. So so what are the greater works that we will do? And in the Scripture, the context is saying all of us. There's no exception here. All of us. What is the greater works? When you believe in Jesus through faith, you will receive the Holy Spirit of the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. And before the resurrection of Jesus, no one in the history of the world had ever done that. Had ever received the Holy Spirit in such a way. And in the power of that absolutely new experience, the indwelling of the crucified and risen Christ, your works of love, your life message will point people to the glory of the risen Son of God. And you will be used to do incredible work, the incredible work of reconciling people back to God. Such an incredible work. Such an important work. And this will be brand new. This will be greater than Jesus' earthly miracles because, listen, this is so important. Jesus came. He said, I came to seek and to save those who were lost. He came to accomplish by His death and resurrection to set people free from their brokenness. And the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of a changed life. Nothing ever comes close to that. That's the greatest miracle of all. And this is the whole reason why Jesus came. He came to rescue those who are far from Jesus. And that's why I'm still in the game here at Grace Church because that's our vision We're about reaching people who are far from Jesus. And we're going to climb any mountain and knock down any wall, and we're going to do what we have to do to accomplish that to the glory of Jesus Christ. That leads us to the third part of the text. I got nine minutes. Number three, we will have access to Jesus. So that everything we need, we can ask for and receive it. Verses 13 and 14. You ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. As you work to do my work in this world, as you are trying to let your light shine and you're trying to live a life of love as you're trying to offer the forgiveness of sins through the name of Jesus Christ and through the crucified and risen Christ, Jesus is saying, ask me for whatever you need to accomplish that and I will give it to you. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. 
I want you to know that Jesus had made statements like this before. And they came with conditions. Consider John chapter 15 and verse 7. It says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Or what about Mark eleven twenty four? I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. There were some conditions on those prayers. You saw the word if. So if we go back to John chapter 14, we, we see there's only one condition when Jesus says this. He says, in my name. If you pray in my name, I'll give you whatever you need. Verse 13, once again, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 14, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So here's the question. Is Jesus saying that we can ignore those other conditions that he said in other parts of Uh, the Gospel of John and other parts of the Scripture, can we ignore those conditions? You know, remain in Him, ask according to His will, believe His Word. Is Jesus saying that all we have to do is tag the phrase, in Jesus' name, and it's, boom, it's yours. It's it's a question, honestly. I'm asking the question. Or, Could the conditions that we've talked about, once again, uh, remaining in Him, asking according to His will, believing His Word, could those be included in the idea of praying in Jesus' name? Does that make sense? I think Jesus would say, "I I give you the Holy Spirit. I give you the power of the crucified and risen Christ. And now I promise you, you can ask for anything in my name for this mission to point people to me for my work on this earth and it's all for the glory of my Father. It's all for my name's sake. In my name, it's for my fame, not yours. It's not for your glory, it's for my glory. That's what Jesus is saying and it's possible because of my power and my payment on the cross. Could it be that, that our prayers you know, go through that filter of my fame, my worth, my power, my wisdom? And listen, every prayer will be answered. You will have everything you need to do the works that I do and even the greater works. And I, I really believe, I believe this, I believe that the Holy Spirit directed me to these scriptures because I think many of us, we need to start with the works of Jesus. We need to start on the first part. As a follower of Jesus, you will do what Jesus did. You will love the unlovely. You will care for the poor. 
you will sacrifice your own comforts to bless other people. You will be a light in this world. That will happen as followers of Jesus Christ. As a follower of Jesus, you will be committed to the great work of reconciling people, helping people to come back to the original state that God intended of peace and a sound mind. You will reconcile people back to a holy, righteous God. And when you commit to doing that work, you can ask Jesus for anything in His name that you might need, and He will supply it. So here's what I'm going to end with. What if we, as a church, started moving forward with that kind of a mindset? And we said, God, we're going to ask you for some things. Because there is a broken, hurting, dying world around us that needs hope, that needs deliverance, that needs to be redeemed and rescued. And we're going to ask you to give us what we need to accomplish the vision and the mission that you've given us. What if we start functioning that way as a church? I think it would be an incredible ride. I think it would be incredible. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, thank you for these verses. And thank you for this challenge. Um, I'm always humbled by the fact that you use an imperfect individual like myself to communicate such uh, deep, powerful truths. And God, I just pray that I wasn't too much in the way. Um, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take uh, the scriptures that we looked at And you would do a work in hearts and minds. And maybe there's some here this morning, maybe there's some watching on Facebook Live right now that have never taken that first step of faith to just say, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't know where he's going to take me exactly, but I'm going to follow him and I'm going to give my life to him. I pray that people would take that step. Lord, I pray for others of us who have maybe been Christians for a long time. I pray that we would begin to move forward in faith and we would ask according to your will that we would believe in your word, that we would remain in you. And Lord, we would be so focused on the mission that we could just ask for anything that we need and we would believe that you're going to give it to us to accomplish that mission. God, I just pray that you would just do the work that I cannot do, that, man, Holy Spirit, move on our behalf. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.